0: Hey, thanks, Joel, for, for reading Scripture. Joel and, and his family, they're heading out after this week. This is our last Sunday, and uh, y'all are, appreciate y'all's involvement and just being a part of this place. Thank you. Um, I, and also, I'm going to personally invite you to come tonight, because tonight's going to be really fun. We're going to have some kids who are going to rock it. And so uh, our kids, are, who, who all's in here? If you're, if you're in the tonight's play, raise your hand. OK? couple. Okay, very exciting. I'm very excited about this. Okay, so uh, it starts tonight at 6, so make sure you're here a little early so you can get a front row spot and uh, just be ready to be blessed. Um, this is going to be a, uh, this is a good day. You know, my question I'd like to start with, I just have a few questions I want to start with, and, and I'm uh, just start this way. What is it that gives you comfort? Just think about it. I thought about coming up here with a Snuggie today, but I decided against it. Um, So what is it that gives you comfort? Okay, whenever you've had a rough day, a stressful week, maybe you're tired, what is it that makes you comfortable? All right, so what did you say? Netflix, okay, right? Some people just do that video games whatever you know for me one of the things that I like to do um, and I know some of y'all do the same thing you kind of go right to food you know there's I'm apologize because I may be making you hungry here in the next couple minutes um, for my you know 50 minute sermon today I'm sorry about that (laughs) for our family one thing we really like and makes us comfortable is is Nana's mac and cheese you know she has this recipe that she makes Um, you know Shelly's been hasn't we've, we've tried to to replicate it Eh, it's just kind of a little difficult I don't know if this is working y'all so could y'all go to that first little slide for me Um, mac and cheese is really good especially the way that they make it it's really good it kind of gives makes me calm and comfortable Uh, whenever I was growing up I used to go to Luby's all the time and the thing that I would always get is the Luan platter okay show that next little slide there Okay, so Luann Platter, thank you. Um, you. You had this little fried, I'd always get half a fried fish. I'd get um, fried okra, and it'd vary between mashed potatoes and mac and cheese. But I'd always have tartar sauce and a jalapeno cornbread muffin. Mmm, nothing better than that. Why is Luby's not in San Angelo? I have no idea. The next thing that we would do, uh, that a lot of people go to, 15% of Americans say pizza is their favorite comfort food. I don't know what, if that's the largest consensus that they could find. I'm not sure. But, you know, what's, what's the food you go to whenever you're, you're stressed and whenever you need to, to find comfort? Now, there's a whole line of comfort food out there, you know. Uh, let's see. What do you find most comforting? Uh, sounds. Let's think of noises or, um, you know, audio. What do you find most comforting? Is it the sound of a baby crying? Maybe. How many of you think of that and you go, oh, I just love it? Um, Now, honestly, in church, I do find that very comforting, you know, because at least we're growing in some ways, right? I love the fact that parents are bringing their children and raising them up in these pews among these people. I love that. Um, Is your favorite sound maybe comforting? Is it a kazoo, maybe? I was talking with uh, Liam this morning as we're coming to church, and I thought, wouldn't it be great if we had a song out there that was like a band of recorders? with some kazoos, maybe a, wh- a whistling solo, Liam did, and some snapping involved, right? Those things that are most annoying to me, all in one place. That would be really, Trey, you should work on that, man. You should try to figure it uh, But what are those sounds that are comforting? Um, is it the rain falling? You know, the rise in sound apps, whenever people have to go to sleep, they have white noise and and green noise, and, and brown noise. I didn't know noise had color, but now we, apparently it does. But there are things that we do to help give us comfort. Okay, next question. What about words? What are the words that you find most comforting? Is it, is it, I love you? Is it, good job? Um, whenever I was younger the phrase that gave me the most comfort was it's not your fault <laughs> okay <laughs> that was very comforting to me if you knew me and, and uh, well it's a long conversation for me a lot of the conversations with my father whenever we finally got alone together that gave me comfort conversations with my father-in-law gave me comfort you know Sometimes the words they have both spoken kind of come back to me in those moments of difficulty, and I kind of found found comfort and rest in those. We all have those words that bring us a little comfort in the midst of difficulty. So today, for the next few minutes, I wanted to talk to you about the comfort that God is offering and continues to offer to us. So before we get there, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we uh, are coming here today um, humble, knowing that you are our God. Lord, we come to you today wanting many different things. I know that everybody in this room has come to this place from a little different cir- uh, situation and set of circumstances. And today, I pray that you would... Give comfort to those people who need it, those people who are desperately looking. I know I've had conversations with people this week who are desperately looking for you but don't quite know where to look. And this morning, Lord, I know that we have a a leg up because we're here together with the body of Christ, So, so please help us to pay attention today. And help us to hear the words of comfort you have given to your people. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now today we're in the book of Isaiah. Uh, So go ahead and turn to chapter 40 of Isaiah. That's where we're going to be today. Um, Isaiah 40 begins with comfort. Words of comfort. And it comes after a very difficult conversation. Uh, Isaiah can be broken up into three distinct sections I mean you may have looked at Isaiah as just one big piece of work that was written all together but it it wasn't there were there's three separate some even some people even call them first second and third Isaiah but it's it's there's three separate parts, and and this is kind of how they're broken up. Part one is uh, chapters one through thirty-nine. Part two is forty through fifty-five, and part three is uh, fifty-six through sixty-six. And we're not going to talk about all that today, but I I think it f- speaks into what we're talking about. Uh, this first parts, first uh, two parts, are important because the first part of Isaiah really dives into uh, just. Kind of looking at israel and what they've done you know the pride that they've kind of developed you know if you think of yourself as unique and special then at some point you may start believing that it's because of something you did and and israel had gotten to that place where every they had, they were experiencing some some really great things economic success uh power they were experiencing notoriety. But they kind of got into... They started getting prideful. They started to treat people poorly. They weren't blessing anyone except themselves. And chapters 1 through 39 talks about the difficulty of what they had... uh, uh, the difficulty they were in, the consequences that were coming because of their, their sin. Um, he's talking about how there was going to be an invasion that was going to happen. Judah would be taken into captivity and they would be banished from their home country for a time. This is going to be devastating. And, and so it happened. There was war. There were thousands of people forcibly removed, uh, moved into a country that was not their own. And not, not just a different country, it was a country that they hated because it was everything opposite of what they had grown to appreciate and love. Um, it was a future that they didn't want, so, so they were moved, and it was about a 500-mile journey. Now, we have got vehicles, but they did not, so imagine being forcibly moved 500 miles. They went over um, you know, deserts. They went over rivers. They went through forests and just difficult, 500 miles they had to travel. And this was only the beginning. So by the time chapter 40 is written, people were already in captivity and they had been for a while. The interesting thing to remember um, is that the majority of people that they brought to Babylon were not made into slaves. We we typically think of that they were all taken into captivity and they were put into slavery. A lot of them weren't put into slavery. Uh, what happened was they were given places to stay. They were educated into the Babylonian culture, into the arts. Uh, the, some of them went into the military. You know, they were acculturated into citizens and some were even given all the rights and privileges of being a Babylonian citizen. But with that came... A little change in identity and new names. Uh, It was not going to do to keep their original Hebrew name. They would have to be given new Babylonian names. And so we hear stories about uh, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, which are not Jewish names, they're Babylonian names. And Belteshazzar, remember Belteshazzar? We better know him as Daniel people like that were actually given authority. They were given power. They were given keys to very important places. But they still weren't where they wanted to be. They weren't really allowed to worship God like they wanted. And and where some may have found captivity to be a step up in luxury, an opportunity, many still longed for home. Every day was just another reminder for many of how their forefathers had failed. And many of these people knew that in in some ways, you know, they would always be exiles, knowing they were never going to return home, maybe with a hope that one day, maybe. It's in these moments right here where distress starts to take root. And I can't imagine how they must have felt. But the author of Isaiah chapter 40 wanted them to know that God had not forgotten about them. So he begins this chapter with some very familiar words that Joel just read. Let's work our way through this. He says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Now when you think of comfort, what makes you comfortable, where you go to find comfort, is God the first thing that comes to your mind? Now, if you're like me, the God that I grew up with yelled a lot. You know, he was this being that oftentimes scared me to death. At least that's how some of my preachers presented him. Several of you have had conversations with me and you've told me about the image of God that was presented to you as you grew up. You know, he he knows where you are, he knows when you're awake, he knows if you've been bad or good, so make sure you do right or else the lightning's gonna come. Maybe that's just me. But some of us, we don't often think of God when we think, "How can I be find comfort?" It's not really the first thing that we go to. But in chapter forty, God begins His words with comfort. His people needed it, and it's the exact same thing today. Our people. Need comfort. In some parts of the world, they need it very badly. Israel, especially, I was—I I try to keep up with some people that I know in Israel, and I was just texting with them yesterday, and—and and I wanted them to know people here are praying for them. We still, you know, are paying attention. We don't really know what to do, but—but but we're with you, and—and—and. And, and, one of them says that, uh, that, he says this, he says, um, it's a sad Hanukkah this year. We aren't having any celebrations or concerts or fireworks. He says, we light the candle to remember how the Lord helped the Jewish people to defeat a much stronger enemy over 2,000 years ago. And they're trusting even still for God to help them today. But there's little comfort in Israel or Gaza right now. There's not very much comfort for the Jews or the Palestinians. There's not very much comfort for the Ukrainians, for their enemies. Now, in those particular parts of the world, they know what's going on. They know the magnitude of what's at stake here. And the Jews in Babylon, they knew this too. See, I think that there are words of comfort that that only exiles who know their exiles can hear. I mean, how do we hear these words of comfort as we sit in our air-conditioned auditorium, as we lay down every night knowing safety is the norm for many of us? How do these words of comfort ring true to us as we choose where we're going to eat lunch today Or some of us as we argue over where we're going to eat lunch today. How do these words fall on our ears? And even going back to Isaiah 40, how did these words of comfort fall on the ears of those Jewish people who had embraced the Babylonian lifestyle and culture? Those who had forgotten Israel altogether. I guess the question I have is how do the words of comfort fall on the ears of those who've stopped pining for home? I mean, when I cry comfort, comfort, how does it fall on people who are already comfortable? What do we say whenever God says that to us? Oh, comfort, oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, comfortable the comfort is a normal part of our everyday journey. How much of our brain space is taken up by making decisions that are going to ensure that we're comfortable? I mean, I do it. I know it makes me comfortable, and I try to make sure that I am. And I know that's the same way with some of you too. How does this phrase fall on us? Comfort, comfort, my people. Now, for others, though, this creates a much different response because many of us are are in a situation we do not want to be in. For reasons we cannot control, we've been thrust from our normal, comfortable lives into situations we didn't want or expect. We found ourselves outside the sphere of what's normal, outside this, this sphere of what's comfortable, I mean, some of us, really, we live in this constant state of if only. Oh, if only. We always look forward to the what if. For those of you who've been exiled from your hopes and dreams, those of you who've been exiled from what you thought life was supposed to be, You find yourself in this foreign land and you really don't know how to get back. Now for you, God's words of comfort may mean ring more loudly, more true. But for you, here's more. It says this, a voice cries out. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. Their constancy light is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Comfort is here, but look where it starts. It starts in the desert an odd place for comfort to begin and when i think of comfort the last place i think of is the sand dunes of monahan's where i was born <laughs> i was there for a year and a half and my dad got out there out of there as fast as he could comfort i don't think is on the road to el paso but that's right in the middle of the desert it's a very long trip But what we are being reminded of is this. Just as God was with his people for every step they took as they wandered in the desert so long ago, so too will he be with us when we find ourselves in a desert experience. And even going deeper than that, God has chosen the desert as the place where comforting begins. And it begins with a loud cry. It begins with some major construction. A straight road. Valleys lifted up. Mountains made low. Rough places made smooth. If you were in the desert, remember God's comfort begins right where you are. You don't have to become a a thing. Become a person. Reach some level of Understanding or knowledge or wisdom or perfection. No. God's comfort begins right where you are. And believe it or not, comfort begins when the glory of the Lord begins to be revealed to everyone. And I'm telling you, this is good news for those people who are waiting for him. This is good news for the poor, for the outcast, for those who have no power, for those people who are loving others as as they want to be loved. So for those people who are loving the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, this is good news for them. But for those who are taking advantage of the poor, for those who are completely self-centered, for those people who want nothing but Evil. It's going to be a terrible day for them. But he doesn't want to wait to reveal himself. He wants to comfort now because you know what? We're, none of us are guaranteed long physical life. None of us are guaranteed a comfortable life. We're all like the grass. Jesus even said this in his, in his Sermon on the Mount. You know, look at the grass, look at the flowers in the field that's here today and gone tomorrow. But God clothes them. He's not going to clothe you too. This text speaks to a people who aren't home yet. It speaks to a people who are waiting for God to take us home. My question is, are you still waiting? Like we talked about last week, are you waiting with expectation? Or have you grown tired and impatient? Have you forgotten what you're waiting for? Are you doing everything you can to make yourself comfortable in the here and now? What if, in God's upside-down kingdom, what if comfort was to be found first and foremost in the midst of your difficulty? In the midst of the tears, in the midst of the anger, in the midst of the hurt, the unhealthy sorrow, could you hang on to these words and believe them? Could you believe that he is in the desert with you like a father walking alongside you in conversation every step of the way? And could we trust that God, sticking with you, sticking to his words to give you a future to look forward to, a future that is in lockstep with God himself. God is offering this. And this is also prophetic, you know. This is what we saw in the preparation of the coming of Jesus here. A voice crying in the wilderness seen through John the Baptist this is, this is found in Jesus, the pure image of God Himself, who did not come into the world to condemn the world, but, but to save it. If this were true, if, if this was really happening, how could we keep silent? Isaiah could not. God's comfort, it gives us rest, it gives us relief and, and peace, but it also gives us boldness. Listen to what Isaiah said. Get up. To a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news, lift up your voice with strength. O Jerusalem, herald of good news, lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Our God, the God who is gentle enough to lead sheep, is also coming with power and strength and will one day make everything right. Consequences will come for the evil among us. But the power, powerlessness will also be defended as he gathers those who believe in his arms. This is what we wait for. Don't be wrapped up with the sentimentality of a season. Root your expectation in our holy God and his son Jesus, knowing that one day he's coming to take us home. And yes, he's come through Jesus, but he's coming back too. So until then, comfort to you who wait. Comfort is found in Him. It is found in His Word. It is found in the people. As flawed as we are, comfort is found in the people who follow Him in the body of Christ. May God's comfort be upon you. May His peace find you. And may the people of God be bold in the waiting especially as we wait for God to carry us home Heavenly Father thank you for today Lord in the middle of these moments Lord where we are looking to find you I pray that you would just remind us that you are a God of comfort you'll care for us You will gather us home. So surround us, Lord, with people who can walk alongside of us, who can show us the way home in the midst of a path of love and righteousness, mercy, forgiveness. Thank you. I pray that you bless these people in this room and beyond, Lord, with every good thing so that we can show others that the comfort we have been given from you is not something we can keep to ourselves in Jesus name amen let's all stand together we have men and women around the room we'd love to pray with you if you need it today let's let's sing